Hey guys, welcome back to Analog Talk, a film photography podcast. I'm your host, Tim. I'm Chris. And today's guest is Trev Lee. Say hi, Trev. Hey, how's it going, guys? Good, thanks for joining us. So Trev, I'm still like like reeling from the meetup over the weekend. I don't know. This is the first first ever camera club film photography meetup I've ever been to. And um, I kind of got invited, kinda, I don't know, last minute, but I found out about it on Friday. And I almost didn't go because I, I'm like, I get like socially nervous when I have to go like to things like that, like by myself. Same. And Timothy was like, you have to go, like you have to go, like pass out pins and talk to people. And I was like, okay, okay. And that morning, I ended up waking up like at 6.30 anyway. So I was like, well, now I have to go because I have no excuse. I'm awake. <laughs> so <laughs> I just, uh, you know, drove. It was only took me about, I would say, like an hour and a half to get to San Clemente. I want to go to them all the time now. It was so much fun. Yeah, they're they're an amazing group. Like, it's an amazing community. And we have a beers and cameras up here in Sacramento as well. But the one down there has been around for so long and every time I've been to one, everyone's so friendly. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. I'm typically, I might be similar to you where I'm like a little socially reluctant yeah. or awkward sometimes, but I don't know that it's like a comfort zone yeah. like of talking about like my passion and because everyone else is pretty much in the same thing. So it's, it makes it a lot easier. Yeah, I mean, the, I have to thank Juan for kind of bugging me. To, he was like, you just come. He's like, just come. And I was like, all right, I'm going to come. Um, and just just <laughs> everybody was just so I don't know, welcoming. Like, it, I wasn't, as soon as I got there, I wasn't, I didn't feel any like, oh, my God, I don't know anybody. I was like, hey, like, hey, what, what are you shooting with? Like, everybody had like their Leicas and we just went out and shot. And it was, it was a part of, it was like a pop-up meetup, right? So it was you and yeah. Juan from Beers and Cameras kind of like had, had one like was it last minute this one or pretty much when i found out i visit the dark room from up here in sacramento twice uh, every two months and i told him four or five days ahead and he made it happen it was, yeah. it, it was a great turnout too there was it was a lot of people that showed up so it was really really awesome so mm-hmm. yeah anyway sorry a little uh side sidetrack on how much fun i had over the weekend so <laughs> i'm not i'm not gonna lie though i was super jealous when she texted me the night before and was like there's a beers and cameras meetup and i'm good i'm just like no i was like can i book a plane ticket and yeah well <laughs> we we keep saying we'll have to figure out a way to do an analog talk one because it is just so rad yeah for sure for sure But anyway, Trev, can you kind of give our listeners a background on yourself and how you got into photography and where you are now and all that stuff? Yeah, I'd love to. So my name's Trev Lee. I've been shooting film since probably 2008. Um, I started shooting in school and I shot mainly digital for a very long time. And then around, it was 2015, basically first of the year, I've been shooting almost exclusively film Mm -hmm. since then. So over three years, pretty much nonstop film uh, prior to these past three years, I didn't have much knowledge of film outside of shooting in the studio with slide film on 4x5 or 120. Right. Wow. So the whole 35 millimeter world and trying out all of the film that's available currently 
I don't know. It's just, it's been awesome to learn and get back into it and uh, leave digital behind because I just absolutely <laughs> love film. Yeah. yeah. I can relate to that for sure. And I love your work, by the way. Those double exposure stuff you do is so awesome. Oh, thanks. Yeah. How did you get involved with the Darkroom Lab? Well, it all started because, well, three, actually five years ago, I moved to Yosemite National Park in wow. California. And it was about halfway through of living in Yosemite that I started feeling a need to, the, the desire to shoot with film. And the main reason was, is because I was shooting with my digital camera nonstop and I started finding myself uh, going to places to for a photo instead of going to places to experience it oh, yeah. uh, and, uh-huh. I, and I didn't and I didn't like that so I had shot film in the past and I was like you know what like it always made me more thoughtful and selective and intentional I should try shooting film again so I started shooting film and but living in Yosemite, there's no way to get it developed without driving two hours to Fresno, which is the closest like big city. And so eventually I found the dark room. Um, I had my film developed by a few other places and then I sent them a roll of slide film and they couldn't do it. And that's how I came across the dark room because they are a traditional dip and dunk lab and they could do slide film in house. So then I basically that's how my relationship with them began i can go more into that yeah <laughs> how that began um i just don't want to talk too much <laughs> the, basically the way it happened was is after i got my role of slide film back it was my first time ever shooting 35 millimeter slide film i was just blown away by the results really excited and i sent them a message and told them basically my situation and everything and saw their social media and saw that they don't they didn't post regularly and right. that maybe they're just so focused on working in the lab that they don't have someone who has the time and effort to create and post and stuff like that so i asked if they wanted to collaborate and kind of work together and phil um the main guy the head guy at the dark room who i got to gave meet, me to go ahead yeah oh yeah you got to yeah. meet phil yeah He's a great dude, and right from the get-go, they started sending me film to test out and different cameras to try, and that's where my where I started to learn a lot. Like at one point, I was just shooting with like basically Portra four hundred, right. and that's it. And then they're like, "No, you got to try this, try that, <laughs> try one twenty, yeah. try all this stuff." And I started shooting a lot more. I went for a year, just kind of help, like plugging them and talking about film. And at one point, you know, there's people that posted film, but they would never be like on Instagram. But they would never say like, "This is Portra four hundred right. taken with and developed by." So there wasn't much dialogue on social media like three, three and a half years ago about film so it was kind of fun to start doing that to not only be living in yosemite but be photo capturing it on film and starting that dialogue with people oh, man. and then when i decided to leave yosemite phil was like dude come down and work for us and that's basically how i got to this point um of where i'm now running their social media completely like creating it and coordinate it and responding to all the comments and whatnot that's a fun job <laughs> It is. Yeah, it's it's a really fun job. Yeah. It's a super important job too, especially now, like this day and age. Social media is is king, but you definitely you're getting more eyes on it when, you know, you actually use it. So that's cool. That's cool that you're they have a dedicated person. No, it's been fun and since they 
I don't know how other labs and people do it, but the nice thing is is that after the past two years, they've just the past year and a half, they've just let me run with it. Yeah. And it has allowed me to be really intentional. And since my main focus is social media, you know, I can make a caption that asks a question and I can respond to those questions. You know, it's a good thing like to be able to interact with the people instead of just saying this is captured on film right. and of yeah, yeah. the conversation instead saying this is captured on this film this is why we like it this is where you can get it have you shot with it right. if not you should try it let us know if you have any questions and and it just opens up a a conversation and helps build community like i just know people that send me questions about every film they get and ask yeah. like <laughs> how to shoot it what to do with it yeah it's, it's awesome that you're like kind of like that you could be that like point of contact for people who do have those kind of questions do you get people who send messages all the time for that kind of stuff or like just through Instagram? Yeah, to uh, totally. With the Darkroom Labs page, we get probably around 35 to 40 direct messages a day wow. on just questions or and even if they don't ask, sometimes I'll give pointers like we'll have people that are just excited about trying a new film and they put it on their Instagram story and tag us. And then I'm like, hey, like if you've never shot this before, here's a blog that we wrote about that film and send them the link if they want any pointers or anything like that. And the cool thing is, is we end up meeting those people yeah. in beers and cameras events yeah. and I start running into them and they start following me on my personal page as well. So there's there's crossover of questions because I also shoot film, I show a lot of film on my personal page or it's all film. Right. So they ask questions there and in the dark room. And now there's like, sometimes I just don't even know, like it's almost business both ways right. for the dark room. Because <laughs> sometimes people send me a dark room question on my own personal Instagram account. Damn. That's funny. Do you get to work in the dark room at all? Like, are you associated with that at all? Like are you running rolls through or anything like that? <laughs> well, when I was there, I mean, I've done stuff on my own. Mm -hmm. Like when I was in school and uh, personally, but when I moved down south and was working in the lab in San Clemente, I did not do any of the development. Yeah. Um, I did I did do some scanning, but mainly I was brought in to help with the customer service and start to get to know that and basically get to know how the lab worked and the flow of the lab so I could tell its story better and answer those questions. So I can answer most of the questions and all the technical stuff for the most part, but I haven't done a lot of the developing it myself. Yeah, but yeah. the guys that are doing it, they're it's they're crazy good. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like yeah. They're really into it. I was sad because Phil like invited some people back to the lab at, after the meetup and I had to go back to LA, but I saw some of the people's stories of them at the lab, like getting the tour and I was like, damn it. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to have to make no, a totally. trip back because I just, yeah, I need to, to see all that stuff in action. It looks awesome. Yeah. You're totally welcome. I mean, they'd love to have you. We, and I'm down there once every two months too. So we could, I mean, like if you ever, if I'm down, you could totally come in. I'll show you around. Yeah. The, it's cool to see the dip and dunk because they're running color negative. They're running black and white and E6 almost every day of the week. Wow. wow. That's so good to hear. Yeah. And the cool thing is talking about the dip and dunk and all the stuff that we do. We have a lot of people. I know, Timothy, I've heard that you develop your own black and white. Mm -hmm. uh, 
And we have a lot of people that do that on their own and then send us E6 or send us color negative, which is which is pretty cool to see that people are doing their own stuff, but then also sending stuff that they either don't want to do or don't have time or the resources. Yeah. That's kind of where I'm at now. Like I, I do I, all my black and white, all my color, and I, I just started doing slide again for the first time in a couple years. I, I was doing it all the time, but I stopped shooting it as much. And then I had a buddy who shot some slide stuff and needed it developed. And I was like, dude, I'll just pick up a kit because I have a bunch of ectochrome sitting in my fridge that I want to shoot. So I'll I'll develop that yeah. for you. So, yeah, but I, I'm at the point where I have a drawer full of film that needs <laughs> to be developed and I'm running out of time. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. It, it would be nice to have a dedicated lab. Like, that's one thing that I've never had. I've never, other than, you know, the Walgreens or the CVS one hour shots, I've never really had a photo lab. So it's, it's, it's nice to know that, you know, you guys are thriving on that end of things because uh, we had Filmbox here in Nashville. They were a photo lab. They did the whole shebang and they had recently shut down so it was it was kind of scary on that on that side of things because they just weren't making ends meet but yeah you know well we actually get a lot of customers from nashville i used to do i used to ship out the free mailers like Mm -hmm. my job at one point was putting the (laughs) well part of my job was putting the stickers on the people that requested the film mailers Mm -hmm. the ship to us and we always had a bunch of nashville people that's awesome. Yeah, that's, that's great to hear. How how long has the darkroom been around? Because I know Phil said for it's been a while, right? It's been over. Well, it's over four. I believe it's forty two years yeah. old. Wow. Um, wow. it's been under, it, not the ownership of Phil for that long. But yeah, it's been around for a long time. It's moved around, from my understanding, uh, a little bit. But yeah, it's been around, and we have. The guy who does E6 and the guy, like we added it up a couple like months ago that we have over 600 years in film lab experience in our 20 some workers. And it's just crazy. We have people from all over the country working for us. And it's just cool. The personality and the diversity and the age range of people that are in there. There's there's workers significantly younger than me and people that are significantly older than me there. And from what I can tell, you guys are kind of like, you know, one of the top dogs because I posted a, a YouTube video showing like scans that I got and there were streaks. And this, my lab, it's like literally up the road. And, you know, I, I it's not the first time that they've given me back scans with like streaking on them. And mm-hmm. so one of the, the viewers like noticed and I was like, he's like, is that the camera thing that happened? I was like, no, my lab, like it's not the first time it happened. I think I'm going to have to stop using them. And they recommended you guys. Oh, yeah, awesome. yeah, and I was like, I've been meaning to try them out, and now for sure, like once I finish the role that I, I started at the meetup, I'm just going right to you guys. So, <laughs> it sounds awesome. Yeah. What kind of stuff you were talking about Yosemite and shooting four five and one twenty? What what kind of stuff are you shooting? What are you into shooting? Well, I only shot four five back in the day when I was in school. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would I actually was just talking with uh, some friends about possibly shooting four by five again, because it'd be awesome to go to Yosemite and oh, do that. Man. My, that's a dream, um, yeah. Yeah, so I currently predominantly shoot 35 millimeter uh, for this past year, mainly because I started doing this project where I show 10 frames from every roll that I shoot. Oh, uh, I like so, like, cool. so I'll just show 10 frames and then at the end, I will, on the photo itself, so people don't even have to read the caption if they don't want to, it says the film, the camera, and when it was taken, so people 
can see the results of film and what it is and or what it looks like. But I predominantly shoot 35 millimeter. When I was in Yosemite, I started shooting a lot of 120. I shot with a Pentax 67. Mm. So for around the last six months of living in Yosemite, all I shot was Pentax 67, which the the like the negatives that come from that are just unreal. Oh yeah, like, six the seven is, is nuts. Yeah, and. So I shot a lot of that, uh, but I like the convenience of 35 millimeter, and I like the that it's a little more intimate and less intrusive. Like with the Pentax 67, I use it more as a more intentional, right? Yeah, uh, photographing thing like tool where I'm just because it's it's just a conversation in itself. I'm putting like a giant five pound camera <laughs> yeah. in front of someone's right. face. But yeah, it's mainly uh, when I was in Yosemite, I just dragged along my camera with me. I had a Canon Elon 7, which was just like some cheap camera I bought for 20 bucks, 25 bucks that mounted all my Canon digital glass. Yeah, yeah. It's a, and, you're talking about the Elon 7? Or Elon, yeah. yeah I have Elon the Elon 7, 7 NE. That's a, they're great for that. Oh, yeah, and that's what all my double exposures are. Oh, awesome. really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, I mean, you do them right in camera. So that camera is light, inexpensive, so I felt fine bringing it on hikes and climbs and adventures and kind of just capturing every day. Recently, I shoot with that and a variety of cameras, mainly because the darkroom is often sending me cameras to try out or testing cameras that they're giving away for their photo contests and whatnot. Man. What a great spot you're in right now. Yeah. I, love that. <laughs> I know. Well, and I, I live in Sacramento, so I'm three hours ish from y- Yosemite. So I can be there in no time and yeah. not far from the bay, not far from Lake Tahoe. So it's when it comes to adventure and getting outdoors, it's a great spot. Yeah, great. But yeah, no, I and when it comes to I'm trying to think what I've been you're asking like what I've been shooting, I mainly shoot my everyday shooter would probably be Portra 400. It's just like a really versatile film. But I, when it comes to cheap film, like I really do enjoy shooting with Lomo 100. Oh, man. Compared... I love the Lomo stocks. Yeah. I think they're great. Oh, I know. Like I've been shooting a lot with Lomo. My wife, Hannah, shoots a lot with Lomo 100. That's her favorite film. The Lomo 800, I even might like better than Portra 800, which some people think I'm crazy. Whoa. But I, it's just... The so Lomo good. 800 is my favorite film stock to date. It's color film stock. Yeah. I don't know what it is. Yeah. It's just so green. Everything's like green and yellowy and black. And I, I just really like the tones you get out of that film. Oh, I agree. And the the grain is beautiful. It's a little, I feel like it's a little chunkier than Portra mm-hmm. 800, but it's it's pleasant. It's really nice. It is. Um, and on 120, it's incredibly crisp. Like, you notice the grain a little more on 35 millimeter and 120, it's just unreal. I still haven't shooting it in the 120. Like, I, I, I definitely want to give it a try. I need to get my hands on some. Oh, 120, it's amazing. Oh, and speaking of Lomo, I recently shot some of their Lomo Chrome Purple. Oh, yeah. Mm. And I thought it was going to be kind of gimmicky and I wasn't going to like <laughs> yeah. it. And I got it and I shot a roll. I've shot roll of 120 and a couple in 35 millimeter and it was just amazing Mm -hmm. yeah and since i go to yosemite so much i don't want to just photograph it in the same way every time right right. like i've yeah so it's perfect yeah to change it up to do something different i mean it's actually my 10 of 36 with the lomo yosemite when i shot it in yosemite is maybe my favorite role of 2017 wow 
awesome. was just turned out so cool. Is that on your Instagram? Can we go check it out there? Or? Yeah, it's totally. It's it's like a month ago I posted it, I think, or something scroll like that. Scroll down. Yeah, I'm going to scroll yeah. down for sure. <laughs> yeah. You'll see it. It's basically just like a turquoise-ish, pinkish. Man, I only ever had the the first version of that film, and it wasn't as vibrant as the new stuff. The new stuff that I'm seeing you know, on Flickr and Instagram and stuff like that, people's results are killing it. I mean, that film looks amazing. I need to get some of that too. I, like I said, I shot the first run of it and it, it was cool. It, it was, it just wasn't as punchy and purple and, and teal as I'm seeing this stuff is now the stuff that they're putting out now. It is. And the other thing that's different, the crazy thing is, is you're right. It is punchier, contrastier, more mm-hmm. vibrant colors, but it still has better exposure latitude. It it doesn't blow out as easy mm-hmm. ah, okay. as easy as it used to, mm-hmm. from what I've noticed. Because I shot it in pretty con- like Yosemite Valley has incredibly contrasty light. Like I mean the it's like it would be four stops brighter at the top right. of your frame than it will be at the bottom, and it did amazing with that. Yeah. Good to know. It doesn't have a four stop expo, it, but it was. I would say like two is pretty yeah, good yeah. for it. Two or three. Got to get some, Tim. Yeah, I, <laughs> I really want to get the Lomo eight hundred in the one twenty. I didn't even know that they made it in one twenty, and somebody had pointed out because I was ranting and raving about it on Instagram, and somebody's like, "Well, did you ever shoot the one I was like, "What?" I was like, "No, <laughs> I didn't know there it's was." So 120. good. Yeah, yeah you I like it. Yeah, I definitely need to pick some up. Yeah, and you you're an avid black and white shooter, right? Uh, me, yeah, mm-hmm, 100%. I've, and is it Tri-X that you were shooting a lot? With? Yeah, Tri-X. It's hard, yeah, hard to beat. <laughs> uh, I've been, I've been shooting, like, I used to actually not like Tri-X for some reason, and then over the year or so of just, like, actually, I was not black and white fan in mm-hmm. general. That's mm-hmm. like me. And, and then I was, like, forced to because they're like, well, you know, you for work, I we need to post stuff about <laughs> black and white too. Yeah. <laughs> so I started shooting it and like testing it out and testing out ex- overexposing it and just different ways of shooting it. You know, exposing for the shadows, developing for highlights, and all this different stuff. Pushing it, pulling it, which I don't pull it much at all, but it just fell in love with it. That and then figuring out the difference between it and T-Max. And like, yeah. I do like T-Max on occasion at box speed or a little overexposed, but if I'm going to push in low light, like I love Tri-X. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. It, it holds so well when you push the crap out of it. That's mm-hmm. what I, I used to, I was on the HP five train for the longest time and it, there's just something about the grain structure of the Ilford film that, in four five, I really like it. Like in the four five sheets, I love HP five. But when it comes to thirty five or one, even one twenty, I it has to be Kodak Tri-X for me. I don't. I I tried to fight it, and I wanted to go the cheaper route with the Ilford and all that stuff. And you know, <laughs> it was, but I just I'm a Kodak through and through. Like I just love Kodak stock, like all their films. You know, color black mm-hmm. and white slide coming soon. It's coming okay. soon. Yeah, I know, right. <laughs> Yeah, Man, what are, what are they teasing about? What is Kodak yeah, teasing about right now? I was going to say. Um... Well, they posted a thing that said, here, let me look. I have it on my phone. So I don't have Twitter, <laughs> but my friend does, and he texted me <laughs> the the thing that says, uh, film is back in the fast lane. So if they're saying fast lane, yeah. I would think that would be like a high ISO. Right. Yeah, and they yeah. used to make T-Max 3200. 
So mm. maybe, maybe yeah. I don't know. That I'm not saying that I know anything, but so awesome if we're like expecting Ectochrome and they surprise us with another film. Oh yeah, that would be yeah. so amazing. It would be cool if they, yeah, if it was a high speed. I don't know if that's what their their tip or their hint is. Sounds but if like it was high it. speed. It would be sweet. Man, what knows? what was the what was was there another hint too, or is it just that one? We because they're gonna, they said they were gonna hint at it until friday right i don't know what they are my friend hasn't sent me any other text messages about it. <laughs> yeah. it's just that one I mean, unless it's on social media too i'm sure i mean on instagram i'm sure it is i'll have to check but but yeah that's just crazy though that kodak's bringing some film stocks back or making some new stuff like i've talked about before on this show it was when i started getting back into shooting film around 2010 or no it was like 2012 when I was getting back into it, it was like on its deathbed. It was going, mm-hmm. people were just like, film's dead. Why are you doing this? Why are you getting into it? We were seeing it before our eyes. You know, Fuji was dumping pack film mm-hmm. and everybody was discontinuing this and that. And it's like now it in just like a five year time span, it's like flipped around. You know, we have new film stocks coming out. We have like Japan Camera Hunter, Silbera, Film Ferrani is back. You know, it's mm-hmm. it, it's a good time to be in this whole thing right now. And they're good too. I mean, yeah, yeah, they're real Silbera good. is like I've shot with their Pan 100 and 200, loved it. Yeah. The Ferrani P30 is very sensitive, touchy film. I really liked it in open. Like I shot it in open sunlight and it was just blew out the highlights and I oh, learned really? that I'd be careful with mm-hmm. it, with how I shot it. And then I shot it in more even light and was more mindful of my highlights and, and just loved it. Super fine, great yeah. film. I'm trying to think. And I've shot, oh yeah, JCH, like that Japan Hunter Street Pan, that stuff's awesome too. It I is. Have- I still need to get my hands on that. Yeah, I was gonna say I didn't. I don't. Ha- I haven't gotten a chance to try that out yet either. It's super contrasty from what I've seen, so that's that's right up my my alley. Yeah, it's contrasty. It has like almost like a charcoalish, mm. like charcoal black look. Mm-hmm. It's it's really, it's like a deep deep black. It's not for retaining shadows, or I mean, no. uh, retaining <laughs> detail in the detail, shadows. Yeah, but it looks good. So I I uh, I got the the Kodak Twitter pulled up. This clue just came out four hours ago. So we'll see if we can try and figure it out. It says, "Get ready to push your photography to the next level." And that came right after film is back in the fast lane. So that's what it is. That film is back in the fast lane. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. So I imagine it would it would have to be. It sounds like some, it. Some yeah. high speed, thirty two hundred black and white maybe. That'd be sweet to compete with like Delta thirty two. Yeah, because yeah. Delta. 100. I've shot that. A bunch and i really do do enjoy that me film. too like especially like when i was shooting weddings like for reception stuff that stuff's amazing yeah that stuff's great agreed Ooh, interesting kodak keeping us on the edge of our seats i like it i can't wait till friday now <laughs> <laughs> yeah i know well for the dark room i know i'll be posting about them oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just funny because I, I just hope it's like they actually instead of announcing that they're doing it i hope that they kind of like announce that it's here yeah I, that'd I'm, be cool I'm tired of getting teased and yeah. tormented. Like, come on, just it's time. Bring it out. Yeah, because Ectar is supposed to be out in the fourth quarter. Yeah, of last year. Yeah, so it's been it's like a little delayed. So yeah, I hope you're right. But it'd be awesome if they announced the one that they're talking about and Ectachrome both at the same time. Oh yeah. man, 
I did an Instagram story post asking if anybody had any old ectochrome rolls floating around. And I had a handful of people just send me a couple different rolls, you know, a couple different speeds, a couple different film sizes. And mm-hmm. I've been out shooting it because I want to have something to compare it to when the new stuff drops, you know, and not that this who knows how this stuff was stored if it was stored properly because a lot yeah. of people were like uh, I got it at a yard sale and I don't know but I've took care of it when I had it so hopefully this it, it held up pretty well but I, I never got to shoot ectochrome I wasn't into it then I mean maybe I did when I was a kid I don't know but yeah you know who knows what the family had loaded up in the camera but I just love the the old school photographers that used the ectochrome you know like Fred Herzog and stuff mm-hmm. like that like their photos looked amazing and I just hope I hope, I hope, I hope so much that I will definitely shoot a lot more color if it retains the same classic look that it used to have. So I, I really hope it stays like that. Did you develop any of that stuff yet, Timothy? Or Not yet. I have it. I have two rolls of 35-200 ISO shot and ready to go. And then I have two rolls of 120 that I shot. And I just need to develop them. Again, Ooh. it comes to that time. I could just send them to the dark room. But I'm, <laughs> I'm being <You> lazy. <laughs> I've shot Ectochrome once, and it's a cool story. Have you guys ever? Do you guys know who Chris Picard is? Chris Picard? Uh, uh-uh. uh. I don't think he's so. a well-known, very well-known digital photographer on Instagram and outside of Instagram. And recently, he actually has a a uh, movie that he made about like photography on Netflix, but he, his roots from what I understand are film. He always shot ectochrome and surf Mm. stuff. And I told him that I shot slide film and I loved it. And he shot, he sent me some ectochrome and, and when he sent it to me, it was crusted with some sand (laughs) and and the DX, the DX code was slightly rusty. Yes. Yes. (laughs) And I like cleaned it up and shot it. It was like a little faded, and the color's like a little off because it was expired, but yeah, I yeah. absolutely loved it. And then like looking at old ectochrome results, it, like it would be sweet if it did yeah, come out yeah. just like yes, that. Yes. Oh, so Dreaming. many, so many things. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Trev, what's your daily shooter? Because I know you had the Leica, Leica at uh, M7 at the meetup. Yeah, well, recently, I mean, for the longest time, my daily shooter... If I'm shooting medium format, it'd be the Pentax 6.7. Oh, yeah, the big Um, one. And up until about three, four months ago, my daily shooters would have went between the Canonet QL17, which I love that camera. It's one of my favorites, too. And then and my Elan 7. But then recently, a really cool story. So this girl named Elle, she had followed me since I lived in Yosemite and liked Yosemite and one, and she went on a hike and she was hiking. <laughs> the up land past story Ver- you told me. Yeah. Yes. So she was hiking past Vernal falls, um, up the mist trail, I believe, and was by Emerald pool. And she went down to the pool from what I understand and found a lens and she had bounced what? down like yeah. t- 20 some, 20 some feet or so down the side of the trail. And she sent me a message. She's from Sacramento where I live. And she was like, found this Sumacron <laughs> like lens like a lens would you want it it was in the river and I was like nah like like I'm like <laughs> you know I was like yeah I'll take it it's probably gonna be like a paperweight yeah, and, yeah. but it'd be a cool paperweight and um 
and then she gave it to me and it was incredibly clear. It had a little bit of specs. I had to take it apart a little bit and um, fix the focus ring. But then I tested it, shot it, and it looked amazing. No kidding. And it was at a Beers and Cameras event for three or four months ago. And I met Ben Carpenter from Camera West. And he heard the story and he was like, dude, we're going to send you a, a camera. Like, you're going to shoot it. We're going to send you a camera. Because I didn't have a Leica camera. Yeah, yeah. And um, so, and I shot with one a couple times that, like, uh, Phil would let me use. And so they sent it to me when I was going to shoot a wedding in Yosemite. And I photographed the wedding and I shot three rolls at that wedding with T-Max and Tri-X with that camera. And I had never shot, like, I hadn't even shot with that camera before. Right. Shot it manually, uh, metered, and shot with that lens with the Yosemite River lens, <laughs> like, joking around. And it was just really cool because those people loved Yosemite. I photographed them with a lens that was found in it. And I still, to this day, I shoot with it. Right now I have... Uh, I'm super spoiled right now. I have an M7 from mm. Camera West. So I'm shooting with the M7 with that lens, and it's just a dream to shoot with. Yeah. Like, especially since it has the aperture priority. So on occasion, if I'm just walking around, don't want to think yeah. too much about yeah. it, uh, I'll just shoot it on the auto setting. But it's an amazing camera, amazing lens, and I really enjoy the experience of shooting with a high-quality rangefinder. I'm not like saying that it's better than anything else like my elon's uh elon 7 like i can get amazing yeah. stuff with it um it just comes down to the experience of what i'm doing and so that's right now my main shooter man that's a good main shooter <laughs> i know because i have it yeah yeah. It, yeah it's a lot of fun and i mean right now as we speak i'm looking at i have a Hasselblad x well, i don't have it but i'm borrowing a Hasselblad x pan from the dark room so i'm like have that which is kind of intimidating because it's a pano camera yeah so i like yeah. think about that i have to shoot pano but i do get to shoot a lot of stuff but i still some of my favorite cameras are the ordinary ones like i still shoot with a Canonet, and i still shoot with a olympus stylus epic yep. on occasion <laughs> yeah. i feel bad for whoever lost the lens in the river <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine oh, like for sure. being like, no, <laughs> trying to go well, back? They were shooting black and white. They had a, a red, oh. number 25 red filter, no. so they were shooting black and white. <laughs> Damn. Well, no, I was just going to say, that's that's one thing. Another thing that's awesome about the film community is like kind of the, the lending of cameras. Mm-hmm. No way in a million years would I let you borrow my 5D Mark whatever. But <laughs> if you want to borrow like my RB67 or my Hasselblad or whatever, you know, like now that I'm in this kind of mind state, it's I've borrowed so many awesome cameras throughout the past couple years. And it, I don't know, it's just a really cool another aspect of this community is is the give the give that everyone, you know, there's so much giving and receiving in this whole thing that it's the best film part. like. Even even like the like the ectochrome I was just talking about, you know, like I just made a tiny post thinking maybe one person had a roll floating in their freezer or refrigerator and I had seven rolls sent to me. It's just, it's it's nuts. Yeah, like in boxes of cameras. Chris, I told you about the people yeah. that send me cameras and my, my buddy Mike, like he always sends me stuff and that wasn't a thing back when I was like a hardcore digital head. So Yeah, and I, I agree. It's crazy too because a 5D Mark, whatever, like yeah, you were saying, is yeah, a yeah. dime a dozen. Well, mm-hmm. they're not cheap, yeah. but they're everywhere, and you yeah, can find everywhere. them anywhere. But, like, you know, some of these cameras are, like, they're not, they're 
they're not going to be here forever. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of those old film cameras are so unique and like they can't be fixed. A lot of them. And yeah. Yeah. You you just told told me the story about how you guys got the G two right for for a giveaway. Oh yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah, and it it had a faulty shutter. Yeah. It came. Oh. You got it broken. That breaks my heart. Yeah. It actually the crazy thing is is it. 50% of the frames came out in the first one and the rest didn't. And it's just, you know, a lot of those cameras are, especially if they're fully electronic, Yeah. Um, you know, if one thing goes wrong, it could have just had a really, it could have just been dropped in the shipping, you know, and Ugh. it's done. Yikes. But that's why I like that Canonet, you know, mm -hmm. full, fully manual like, oh, yeah. without its battery. Yep. Yeah. That's what bums me out about the XAs to the old Olympus XAs because mm -hmm. I'm on I'm on my third one of those right now and I just had another one sent to me and the same thing the triggers or the shutter buttons just crap out on those so quick and I'm at that point where every other shot it doesn't fire and then when I don't want it to fire it fires so it's it's that's why we need Bellamy to come out with yeah. his new camera, man. Come on, Bellamy. Yeah, it'd be sweet. <laughs> it would be sweet if people started bringing, like, companies started introducing more cameras. Like, I even talked about, like, shot in the dark, but how cool would it be if, like, even Canon, like, I mean, they still yeah. make a EOS mount. Yeah. Like, they should just take, my wife has the cheapest, she won't like this, but ugliest <laughs> camera possibly ever made, and it's the Canon Rebel xi or ti yeah it's like and they're it's silver, silver right yeah they're silver she has like a luke skywalker sticker on it because it's the rebel and <laughs> and that. it has like the 40 millimeter pancake lens and mm -hmm. that camera produces incredible results i mean yeah. like you put a good lens on it you put good film in it it's good it'd be so cool if they came back with something like that i mean heck make another one don't put a pop-up flash on it and call it the new canonette or something yeah, yeah yeah i bet you i i feel like they're talking about that stuff there's probably a division of these big companies that are like film's definitely coming back everybody's buying up cameras and stuff again i'm sure there's a division of these bigger I companies that are is. like uh, yeah me too i mean i have no idea they're probably not but <laughs> I, <laughs> I, i'm hoping i'm dreaming at night that that's what's what's happening yeah, me too. Because <laughs> it, it is sad. Like like what you were saying about you you have an X-Pan right now. My buddy Jake, he shoots X-Pan exclusively. And I, I do all of his black and white developing and stuff here for him. And just looking at the, the pano frames, like just the shots that, that that camera produces, I'm like, man. And then I get on eBay and I'm looking online and I'm like, okay, that's that's insane. They're the most expensive camera ever. How much are they? And, uh, a lot couple thousand yeah they're they're not cheap and they're not cheap at all they're one of those electronic deals aren't they where they can don't they have a, a high failure rate isn't that what the x-pan uh, i don't know i'm not sure so the one that we have right now it's actually a really cool story so phil that's his favorite camera uh. is the x-pan and he has a couple he has a couple of them and we had his friend our friend of ours named nick reichard he hiked the uh, ECT, the Appalachian Trail. He hiked the Pacific Trail or Pacific Crest Trail the next year, and then was going to do the CDT, which is the Continental Divide Trail. Wow! Uh, so three in three years, and he wanted to photograph. He photographed it with a Pentax Seven, a G Two, a Hasselblad Five Hundred, all these crazy cameras. And he's like, "I want a thirty-five millimeter." So Phil sent him the X-Pan. Wow super clean we got it back after i mean it's a long trail it's been rained on it's all scuffed up it's dirty <laughs> yeah. dusty and it's 
works fine. I cleaned it up and the thing's amazing, produces and so it probably just depends on how well well it's yeah. It just probably depends. You know, if it takes like a big fall or something like that. I mean, a lot of cameras might have a problem. But there's less to go wrong with it. No shutter in it. And I mean it has a curtain, but it has no mirror and yeah. like less mechanical. That's right. I forgot they are a leaf shutter. That's right. Bucket list. Bucket list. <laughs> I have so many bucket list cameras. Yeah, it's insane. <laughs> I, and I even have some, I mean, you can see behind me, I have a million cameras and I, and I still want more. Like it's never enough. Yeah. <laughs> what's your, what's your, your next one? If you like your next dream camera. Oh man. I would just love to shoot I'm trying to think of what they're called. There's a guy, Nick Carver. He does a lot of YouTube videos and he shoots, he shoots six by 17 pano, like medium oh, format. The Fuji. Yeah. Yeah. I would mm-hmm. love to, I, I'm all about that right now. I kind of want to go out and, you know, become grow a beard down to my chest <laughs> and and you know hike on a trail like you're talking about and stuff like that like that's that's my retirement at some point so i'll just hopefully they're still around when it comes to that point yeah well if you're ever in san clemente i might know someone that could hook you up for a day oh. <laughs> one of those cameras yes <laughs> can shoot a san clemente sunset or something yeah, like yeah. That. that would be amazing for me timothy you know i've been lusting i'm point and shoot fanatic i've been lusting yeah. over the contacts t2 and I almost, I almost got my hands on two. I lost out on one sale, and then almost went through with another sale. But the guy wanted to sell locally. But yeah, that's that's my uh, that's what I'm lusting after at the moment. Yeah, they are. They're and those things are fun to shoot with. And we talked about it a little yeah. bit about. I I love the experience of shooting with them. It was kind of a learning curve, though, of the fact that when you when it focuses, it doesn't show you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. That is focused. You just have to like in that all like then you just have to like trust. But from what I've seen, the results it seems yeah. like they're pretty accurate. <sighs> that's 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 one realm I didn't ever really get into is the point and shoot. I mean, I have a an epic, but I they're just so damn expensive. Like, why a point and shoot? It's I mean, I guess the quality that comes out of it. You can I, get I some. Get it. Some, I get it. They're not all. all yeah, but am I just gonna not get like a something? You know, I need the top of the line yeah, yeah. The, you know <laughs> yeah. the most coveted point and shoot i don't <laughs> well are you talking about the t2 or the g2 the t2 oh the t2 i was talking about the oh G2. sorry oh yeah yeah the t2 that i mean the nice thing the difference with that point and shoot is that it does have where you can hold your focus and then frame compared to the stylus epic it's a true point and shoot that you can't yeah like if your subject's not in the center you can't focus on mm-hmm. them or that person or whatever it is yeah that bums me out because i always use my my corners and my edges i'm mm-hmm. i like to push to that that's why i hardly ever well i mean i found that for 2.99 at goodwill so i'm not really complaining yeah. <laughs> yeah, about yeah, yeah. it that's gonna pay my rent one day i guess when <laughs> yeah and the and the t yeah because the epics are going up in price too and the the t the t2 like a like a cheap one the one that i was like i this is the most i'll spend was 650 but they go for like eight hundred, nine hundred dollars on eBay, and my friend has the T three, the smaller one, the like little square, smaller one. Oh yeah. And because she, she was like, "Don't spend that much." I had that camera and I sold it, and uh, she's like, "Had it for, shoot, for two hundred bucks or something." I'm like, "They're going for eight hundred dollars, Adrian." She's like, "What?" And then so we looked up her, the T three. It's eighteen hundred dollars on eBay. Yeah. They're crazy expensive. I was like, well, yeah. "What is happening?" 
one of the Kardashians made that camera yeah. famous, didn't they? Isn't that what happened? Yeah. She got one, and then they just went through the roof or something like that. Breaks my heart. Yeah. Well, you know, you said you like the XA. Isn't the, I believe the XA, the original one, the t- like the actual rangefinder one, is the same lens as the Stylus Epic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. So they are sharp. It is a sharp camera. It is. Just so you don't have the same control. Because that original XA is, other than that finicky red shutter button, is an amazing camera. It is. Even I've been shooting the XA2, and that one's kind of just a zone focus. Mm-hmm. And that one, still, I, I've gotten better results actually with the 2 than I did the original XA. So I, I don't know if it was just because of the shutter button issues that I was having, why I'm doing better with the XA2. Both. I mean, the, the lenses on all those little point and shoots are fantastic. I would definitely like to get a Yashica, like you have the T4 or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I see those all the time on YouTube and on auction and stuff like that. Again, I just can't justify $500 for <laughs> for something like that. I just can't do it. Yeah. I like I shoot big though. I'm like a large large medium format kind of person with a, you know. I I do shoot a lot of 30. Well, I shoot it all. I don't know why I'm trying to justify <laughs> anything here. I do it all. All right, guys, so this is the part of the show where we take a question from one of our listeners. Okay, this question comes in from Cheezums, which is Tim, who we actually met in person at oh, the, yeah. the Beers Hello, and Cameras Tim. meetup. So this is awesome. Um, his question, he says, what's your favorite cheap film? Kind of touched on it a little bit already, but. Yeah, I'd say my favorite cheap film for sure is Lomo 100. Like, mm. it's what I almost always shot with in my Canon X. It's a low ISO great daylight film it's not as contrasty and punchy as uh, ektar and um yeah i'd say probably th- that would be my go-to man good cheap one. film i always love the lomo 100 and with that being said vista 200 is pretty good as well oh dude that film i'm really turned on to that film right now i had a buddy send me about five or six rolls of it and it is it's pretty it's real pretty film yeah it's a great alternative for like i wouldn't say lomo is an amazing portrait film depending on your preference it doesn't like a lot of people like something a little warmer vista Mm -hmm. is has some stronger reds so for portrait yeah so it's a great cheap portrait film i would say it's like a cheap alternative to portrait 400 better than lomo Mm -hmm. 400 in my opinion good call cool i don't know if i have an answer um chris i I shoot i shoot mostly portrait i mean that's what i shoot I did get to try out the Lomo 800 uh, when I was home for Christmas, and I really, 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 really liked it. So I'm planning on shooting more of it. So I hate to, to steal your answer, Trev, but I'm going to go with Lomography stuff too. <laughs> yeah. No, good choice. Dude, I'm, I'm pharmacy film through and through. Kodak Gold 400. Oh, it's so good. Dude, it's, it's like one of my favorite films ever. Like I have a freezer bag full of it in my little film fridge over here and i've just been it's funny like that was going to be my throwaway film that was like my go out test camera kind of film and now i'm saving it because i love it so much every time i develop it and see it i'm just like oh man this film's so good but yeah anything probably like the, the the kodak max 400 kodak gold 400 any of that cvs walmart stuff i i almost said i almost said superior eight Wait, Superior 800, the Fuji stuff, but it's not as easy to come by and it's not as cheap anymore. So Kodak Gold, Kodak Gold for me. I shot an expired roll of Kodak 200 last week because I got the uh, Canon 
sure shot a one the underwater camera but it was like mm-hmm. it was very ex- it the colors were kind of wonky because i think it was kind of expired so i'm gonna get some some uh, up-to-date stuff of that and try it out for sure another good one is coda color 200 Ooh, you can find that online very cheap and coda color it's like more vibrant than it's a it's a vibrant color or film and it's grain actually isn't insanely fine like you actually oh. kind of notice it still for being yeah. a 200 but I've also been shooting with that. I still like Lomo a little better because it's more subtle mm-hmm. and the colors aren't as like for unforgiving if you overexpose or it's not going to like Ektar can make skin red. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. But Lomo 100 will it's just it just looks good. Cool. Doesn't cool. Do that. Well, thank you. For the question, Cheezums, a.k.a. Tin. Uh, If you guys want to send us questions, send us a message uh, on our Instagram or our email, analogtalkpodcast at gmail.com. We'll answer them on the air with our guests, and we always have fun doing that. So, yeah. All right, guys. So that's going to do it for this week. Trev, where can we find you? Where's your Instagram and all that stuff? So my Instagram is just at Trev Lee, that's T-R-E-V-L-E-E, and um, I also, so I post a lot on there, and I post a lot at the Darkroom, the Darkroom Lab, Um, so either one of those places you can find me. If you have any questions, I'd love to talk with you and answer any of those as well. Awesome. Yeah, awesome. Chris, how about you? Where are you at? I'm Chris B. Photo on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Chris B. shoots film for my film stuff on Instagram. I also started a new little side project Instagram account. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> LA camera style. So Trev's already on there with his M7. Just any any cool cameras <laughs> I happen upon in LA, it's kind of a little homage to Tokyo camera style. I'll be doing uh, pretty camera photos on that one. We are Analog Talk Podcast on Instagram, Analog Talk Podcast on Twitter. We have a Facebook group you can join and a page you can like. And yeah, again, send us those emails um, for questions, guys, at analogtalkpodcast at gmail.com. Timothy, what about you? You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Timothy Makeups. I also make YouTube videos. I try to do that weekly, but you know how that goes. <laughs> but that's uh, also YouTube.com slash Timothy Makeups. And uh, I also do another little podcast, try to do that weekly as well. That's called We Believe in Film. That's actually living on my YouTube as well. So, yeah. Cool. Trev, this was a lot of fun. Yes, Trev, thanks so much for joining us. This was really, yeah. really awesome. Hopefully, I'll see you at another meetup soon. Yeah, for sure. Let me know if you ever make it up to Sacramento. Yeah, definitely. Cool. Either of you guys, yeah. Yeah, definitely. we Will do. All right, guys, uh, that's about it, and we'll see you in the next one. See you next week. All right, so first off, I want to thank Trev Lee for being our guest. Man, it, it just blows my mind each and every week that I get to talk to a photographer that I look up to. So thanks again, Trev. It's been real. And that brings me to our Patreon. If you go to patreon.com slash analog talk, you'll see you have a slew of options to choose from. Even if you want to donate a dollar, five dollars, every little bit helps. But we have stickers, pins. I know Chris and I are going to be doing a signed print for the $25 tier comes along with a Google Hangouts. I know we're going to be doing live streams, Q&As, all that fun stuff. The money just goes to helping us kind of make this thing more of a reality. This is this is a huge passion for us when we put a lot of time and effort into this podcast because this is our lives. This is what we love. So again, every little bit helps. And I also, I also wanted to shout out our first $25 tier supporter, Justin Holt. I can't thank you enough. It means the absolute world to us. 
kind of blown away. <laughs> but yeah, guys, again, patreon.com slash analog talk. Check it out. Join the crew. We have a bunch of exclusive content heading over that way soon. Again, we can't thank you guys enough for the support, and we'll see you next week. Later. What does innovation sound like? It sounds like the luxury of being in the moment with your customer, client, or patient. It sounds like having the right information right when you need it. It sounds like being at your best for your customers and your business. Thanks to Highland's intelligent content solutions that improve digital processes, innovators everywhere are able to do their thing better, whatever that thing is. Now, who doesn't like the sound of that? Highland. For innovators everywhere, visit highland.com.